All right, we are live. It's Samina's House podcast, episode 201, 201. This is crazy. We're in our 200th episode. It's so, so bizarre. I'm your host, Samina. Say what? Dex Stucky. And we're a, a little short from our staff today. <laughs> right. It's, they're so tired because we partied so hard last week with our 200th episode. Seriously, how amazing was that? Like, I know we talked about it afterwards, but... Uh-huh. Just to hear DMX's manager and, and, you know, all the stories. It's so funny. Like, I always feel like everybody that I know in real life, I have mm-hmm. to interview them. Because yeah. if I, you know, the time that have I've been around Craig, I don't ask him these questions because we're just hanging out. This yeah. is not yeah. like, it's not like a, a forum for me to be interviewing him or doing stuff. So the last time I saw him, I was in uh, their box at the Hot 97 Summer Jam. Mm-hmm. So they had honored, Swiss Beats had honored all of the, the mothers and, wow. and the kids. Yeah. So they gave him a box at the show and I was in the box and I was hanging out with Craig and everything because uh, one of DMX's baby moms, the last one, is mm-hmm. my friend, mm-hmm. Pebbles. We've had her on the show. Mm-hmm. She has the twins. So... um. I would never ask any like interview kind of questions right. during and these even, settings. And even if you did, like you would probably ask something and he gives you that answer. And that's kind of it. Whereas when you sit down a person down to interview them, it's like, now let me ask you this, this, this and this. And he gave so many gems. It was that was incredible. Yeah. And it, it you know, that's why it's super important to interview people. Because yeah. then you get to ask them questions. I mean, I've never even thought about asking him half those questions in real life because that's just not like it wasn't the time. Yeah, Circumstance. it's not appropriate. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we're just hanging out. It's it's not like the time to, you know, ask you a thousand questions about, um, you know, your DMX or your life. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Greg for joining us. Uh, we were also supposed to have someone else join us, but it kind of worked out because Greg had a lot to. Craig, sorry, I can't. I called him Greg during the podcast too. I don't know why. Craig. It, it, funny because every time you say. say it, every time you say it, I'm like, oh, maybe that's her nickname for him. I don't no, know. no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it kind of worked out because he had a lot to talk about. So we have another guest joining us today. I'm gonna make sure it's a surprise. So I'm not gonna say anything. But um, I'm really excited about this. He I have known him for a long time and he's currently on tour. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to have a conversation with him just to see how the tour is going. So uh, he'll be joining us soon. And R&B, I would kind of call him like a young legend a little bit. When I talk to my friends about it, I say like R&B sensation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's an already sensation. Right, because it's like he's just not the, a regular artist. Like no. he's put in time. He has hits. He has history. Mm-hmm. He's he's been around for a long time. So he's not in the pool with everybody else. And he, you know, I think the his body of work really sets him apart. You know, I think so. We should probably ask. Remember when Jacquees? By the way, it's not Jacquees. Remember when Jacquees was saying he's the king of R&B? But we should ask like how he felt about that and where he places himself in that whole hierarchy. Listen, that's your question all day, Dexter. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's get into what's in our feed before our guest joins us. 
Um, he is on tour, so I, I hope he remembers. But um, he's pretty responsible, so I'm sure he'll be joining us. I want to hop into what we've been taught, what we've been seeing in our feeds now. Tory Lanez, I thought about you immediately when I saw the story, Dexter, because remember, you didn't think that there was an actual case. Yes. Against Tory. And a huh? lot of people don't think there's a case. There's a case. I see now. <laughs> and it's very hush hush. Because the judge doesn't let Tory talk about it. He's not supposed to talk about it. He's on a gag order. So if he does talk about it, he's in trouble. And then obviously Megan's not going to talk about it because Megan's being amazing. And, you know, she has a damn Popeye sauce. Yes. Like, why would she talk about getting shot in the foot all the time? She has other amazing things going on. So that's kind of like, I'm not going to talk about this bad moment in my life. But um, Tory Lanez apparently was trying to get a plea deal. Now, for those who are not familiar with the court system, a plea deal is basically a bargain that you try to work out with the prosecutor. And a lot of times what happens is you'll plead guilty to something. Sometimes it's the charge. Sometimes it's another charge. But you plead guilty to something. And then there's like either reduced time or reduced penalty. It's a way to avoid going to trial. Yes. So I guess he was trying to get a plea deal going and that did not happen. The deadline for that has passed. So how are your feelings about that to begin with, Dexter? Because you didn't even know there was a case at this point. No, this like seeing that makes me really happy because it's like one of those things like you're not going to just get away with it. But it's so funny to me that and then one of the main reasons I thought there was no case is because of him. He was so vocal about I didn't do nothing. Remember, he put the album out. He was talking about not necessarily a case, but he was kind of alluding to the situation and saying that he didn't do anything wrong and she wasn't saying anything. So I'm like, hey, like you're really going to let him get away with it the whole time. He's working behind the scenes to try to get this thrown out because in reality, you know, you know what you did. And she was right the whole time. And I love that. It, this to me, this vindicates Megan Thee Stallion, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. This really gives her like. Oh, I was about to say gives her a leg to stand on, but that's probably. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but this definitely vindicates her. Like this gives her like, to me, this gives her like a, a bigger push. Cause like you, you, you're not over here crying about it 24 seven, but you're handling business behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot, literally when they go on social media and tell their business about court dealings. Yes. You're not supposed to publicly discuss court dealings because they can be bought into the court. So I can pretty much guarantee you that all the tweets are screenshot, all the interviews that he did, all the things that show that he was being, you know, kind of like a bully mm -hmm. to her on social media. Um, I'm sure that's going to go into her people trying to build a case about who he is as a person. A lot of the times in these kind of cases, it's all about your character, right? How can they portray to you portray you to be? Are they going to portray you to be this this nice person that would never do this, or this horrible person that's a bully and and talks to women in, in a derogatory way and has no respect? That's all going to go into this case. So those quarantine live videos where he was having the girls pour milk on themselves to twerk whatever. Like, Hello, lay dead in the courtroom. Like he clearly degrades women <laughs> right this all all this is going towards you know the case so it's like it's almost like he was doing himself a disservice Absolutely. of actually talking about this so publicly because now they have more ammo to take to court and he's already on the judge's s list because the judge told him don't talk about this and he continued to do it so that means he has no restraint 
and and he doesn't even listen to the you know the person who's running the court yep so uh a, a hearing is set in december so apparently there's enough testimony from people we don't know who's going to testify yet but there's enough testimony i'm hearing for like an hour and a half to two hours of court okay so I can't even imagine the kind of stuff that's going to come out from this. And I don't even know if this is going to be open court or a closed court, right, because this is going to be a fiasco. For sure. But, you know, because it open or closed, we're going to find out the details like we're it's going to it's going to leak. Like, we'll know. I prefer it to be open, though, so we don't have to do too much research to find it. I just want <laughs> it to come to us. <laughs> Regardless of what it is, you know, Shade Room is going to be all over it. All over it. <laughs> OK, now uh, moving on. I am just so tired of seeing Will and Jada's love life in my feed. Like, I have no interest to know what kind of freaky things they've been going doing behind the scenes, how open their marriage is like. But it's like they are just putting out so much information mm-hmm. that it's almost like it makes you have to talk about it because it's so non-conventional. So Will's trying to sell this book. And yeah. Dex, I know your theory is all of this is for the book, is for the Red Table Talk, whatever. But Will got this book coming out. It's called Will. He shared an excerpt to people. And in the excerpt, he said that he fell in love with his co-star in the movie Six Degree of Separation, which I've never seen. And um, and he said he fell in love with her during his first marriage. Mm-hmm. This is on the heels of Jada talking about how you have to communicate with your partner and they're not going to always know what you like in the bedroom and it's hard. But then she says, I told Will this is a journey. And then the headlines read, Will Jada have sex problems, you know, where they have to talk about it. And then she has to address it and say, we don't have no issues in the bed. Why are they doing this? This is so messy. And I'm wondering how it's affecting them personally and privately. I I think this is killing them personally. I really do, because I don't think either one of them. And when I say that I think this stuff is a red table talking in the book and stuff, I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just saying I think they're sharing it because they have a platform and they need to sell something like I I think sharing these stories probably makes them uncomfortable, to be honest with you. Not necessarily like ashamed because like I'm telling people this, but more so like uncomfortable because like when they put it out there, we eat it up. Like it becomes a headline and it becomes like a top story. And I think they underestimate their power, to be honest with you. I don't think they realize how much we care about them. Like not even on a sensational level, but just like you're Will Smith or you're Jada Pinkett. Like we care about y'all. So like when y'all put stuff out there and we come at y'all, it's more so because it's like, it's shocking to us, to be honest with you. Every single time they, like every time they come out with something new, I'm always shocked even more than the last time. Even though I think it's like ridiculous, but it's like, it almost seems like they're trying to get in front of the story and control the narrative when really like you can't control it. Like right. we're going to make up our own narrative. So when she put that information out, it's almost like we'll have to be like, well, I got to put something out too. Cause I don't want to look like a sucker. And it's mm. like, well, like, we control this, not you. Terrible. Um, so as a true professional, our guest is joining us early. And this is why this guy has been in the game for years. So I'm going to uh, allow him into the room. And let him get himself together. He's connecting to audio. Okay. And I'm so excited to be talking to this guy. I've talked to him on SiriusXM before. He is a true legend. Okay. We we stamped it. 
the there young legend, go. the there ultimate professional, on time and early. <laughs> this is why he's been in the game for 10 plus years. Lloyd joining the Mina's House podcast. Yay. Welcome to the show. I mean, I'm nothing but a legend being interviewed by a legend. Shut up. Don't even say you that. I mean? This is a legends only event. That's what this <laughs> is. Yo, Mina, I just want to say, I don't know if you're at home in your bedroom or something, but I see memorabilia on the back. I see a, a Philadelphia flag. All right. I don't know. We're going to have to get some New Orleans or Atlanta in there. <laughs> Never that. I was the lighting is good. The day I die. <laughs> you got great lighting in your house. That's for sure. <laughs> What's Lloyd, up, family? Welcome, man. This is Dexter. He's on the podcast as well. Yeah, I'm like, who is this? Who is this big head black dude right here talking? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, What's up, like, Dex? How's it going? Oh, blessed, man. How you feel? I feel amazing. I'm excited. How's your health? How's your health? That's what's most important these My days. Is great. Good. <laughs> All right, good. I'm, I'm detecting a bit of a fever over there. I'm going to need you to back up a little bit. <laughs> I'm COVID free, too. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Yo oh, Lloyd, man. how do you feel about that? We're like in crazy times. Like before I before the last time I spoke to you was pre-COVID. You know, <laughs> you, you had just had a baby. Now you have two babies. Yes. And I'm like, how did this man go from dad of one to dad of two? And then the world ended and now you're on tour and you're like playing in front of thousands of people. Do you have to stop at any point and be like, I can't believe there's this many people in an arena. Yo, after everybody we just stop the world. <laughs> Everybody just back up for me, okay? <laughs> That's what it is like every night. Um, yes, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. It's so nice to meet you as well. But could you please put your pull your mask up over your nose right. and just step <laughs> Yo, it used to be like taboo for somebody to fart in public, but now if a nigga sneeze, oh yeah, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yo, this nigga's got the plague. This nigga's giving us the plague right now. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I, this is family friendly. Now, I, I just think um, it's very, very, very dope to be back outside, as they say, to be able to get real human energy interaction, um, to be able to show people that you're appreciative of them and not to have to live through my phone, which is very difficult for me because... I live for people. I live for hugs and handshakes and <laughs> and, yeah. and all the things and that the things. CDC <laughs> does not recommend. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've missed that for the past 18 months almost. I mean, we was on tour. We was in our third week when COVID shut everything down. Um, I actually enjoyed being at home with my kids, with my family. Um, I mean, it's like those kind of moments. It really became a blessing in disguise because it's like I would never get this kind of break yeah. otherwise. You know what I mean? Or at least not have to take this kind of break, force it. So this was actually a blessing. I spent a lot of time with my children. But at the same time, I started to get a little itchy, twitchy, <laughs> right. you know, nervy towards the end. And that and ended up um, coming around right at the, at the right time. I didn't even know if the tour was going to resume. Um, I actually had some family members, close friends who was taking bets. They was like, this thing ain't going to happen. 
You know, it's too risky. They say it's going to it's going to flare up again. Vegas started getting weird again in the yeah. West Coast. And we're like, ah, shit, here we go again. <laughs> but, um, you know, thank God that, um, you know, a lot of these places have, you know, pretty good. Um, what do you call it? Regulations, if you will. A lot of everyone that comes to the venues has to be either vaccinated, have a vaccine card have a negative test. So in some ways you're able to protect each other. And, you know, a thing that I felt personally, I kind of felt like I would feel responsible if someone had some kind of outbreak at one of these concerts. Cause I'm like, I'm actually part of the problem here. Yeah. You know what I mean? How, what do I do? Do I go? Do I not go? So, um, so far it's been good. Um, I don't like, when Pretty Ricky's walking around with no clothes on, I'm like, hey, it's too, it's too germy right here. So yeah, like, just come here. Yeah, come on, yo. Come on. Come on, yo. And just on the stage. Anything off the stage, put some put a goddamn shirt on, man. Are yeah. they stripping down to their boxers? What's yo, happening? I do not stick around long enough to see. I'll tell you that. I feel very uncomfortable whenever Pretty Ricky is in the room. All right. I'll just say that. No, nah, that's that's my guys. They put on a great show. And um <laughs> a funny story is we was in Nashville the other night and our dressing rooms had direct access to the stage. For some reason, we had a hallway door entrance and we had a back door entrance that led right out to back of the stage. And my door opens all of a sudden and pretty Ricky comes walking through right after they said they think they thought it was day room. I'm like, yo, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, Yo, come on, spec. You know what I mean? He got the damn bath towel on. I'm like, come on, yo. Ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, speaking, <laughs> speaking of Pretty Ricky, though, like they are on the tour with you, the Millennium Tour. Do yes. you know how it how, how like it was designed? Like how they how did they pick the artists that they got to do the tour? Because it, it is a really like distinct group that you guys have on tour with you. You know, you would have to talk to G Squared, talk to Gary, who is the mastermind behind the experience. Um, I know that I was asked to come back after being a part of the B2K reunion. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think personally that that's because of the way I treat people, um, the way I interact with my fans, the way I, I really care about my stage show. And um, just most importantly, how you got them um, hits, Lloyd. I, that's I really, why it's, it's your music too. No, but you, you know, but you hits, know, Lloyd. but you know, but hey, but Mina, I will say this to anyone listening. You know, you can have all the hits in the world, and mind you, you know, of course, if if your brand is strong, people are gonna want to attach their name and their brand to it. But there comes a point where respect must be given. Fair. you know, to everyone. And when you do give respect to each person, um, it usually comes back in return. You know, people tend to want to have you around. And yeah. I, I think that me being on this tour again, you know, is is kind of a little bit of both. Um, last last time, I will say this also, you know, I made it um, a thing of mine to bring out a lot of guests in a lot of cities. Uh, the last time when we went out with B2K, I was the first to start bringing out special guests. Mm -hmm. And one of the first special guests that I brought out was Ashanti and Ja together mm -hmm. um, in New Jersey, which also sadly happened to be the day that we found out Nipsey had died. Oh. Um, from that point on, I think the promoters uh, kind of 
appreciated the fact that I was going out of my way to kind of add to the, to the to the experience, you know, on my behalf, you know, coming out of pocket a lot of times, flying people yeah. out. Yeah, flying these people out. You know, these are mega stars. Sometimes they need a team. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, I'm just driving. It's like, no, man, what do you need to be here? Because I need you to be here. Ashanti so, need makeup. She need lighting. She need come hair. Come on now. She need wardrobe, styling. Come on. She need, she need yeah, a black car. On. Yeah, she's not going to sit in the aisle seat. She got to have a window. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> she want no, a but, private um, jet. No. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's like I, I go out of my way a lot of times. This tour, the same thing. I brought out, I, I was gladly say I brought out the most special guests out of all the acts. A lot of times I'm bringing out three special guests in the city, a local act, a legendary act, and um, someone from like my negative woods, New Orleans or Atlanta. So just adding, caring so much about the experience of the fans that I'm going out of my way to add to it. Um, Maybe play a role. I'm not sure about everyone else, of course. You know, you got people that haven't toured as much yeah. Um, as I've been blessed to be able to, to have done in the past 10 years. So a lot of times these people are people who are kind of like these reminiscent acts. You know, it's like, damn, it's just this full 2000s experience. And mm-hmm. I'm not really sure where else you can go to get that right now for our era. Yeah. Um, which is really, really cool to be a part of as a fan myself. So, yeah, I'm supposed to be going to the show in Newark. Uh Oh, you club hopping. I mean, I seen you at the Apollo the other night. Yes. For her, I know that thing was rocking. Yo, she is so incredible. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. how incredible she is. And, you know, it's crazy. Yes. I had saw her in the I, she. So I saw her about three years ago at the Roots picnic. And this is where the stampede happened. And like <laughs> we almost died. It was crazy at the Roots picnic. But um, she I found out then that she plays every instrument, literally. Every yeah. instrument on the stage. But yeah. I don't know, something has happened between then and now where I'm hearing like variations in her vocal tone. And she was probably always that talented. But what I experienced at the Apollo, I was just mind blown. Like this girl, she's 24. I can't even, the things that she's singing and the way that she presents her show, I this girl's a, this girl's a beat. She's, she's going to be like, I don't even want to compare her to some of don't, our greats, but this girl's going to keep going don't. and it's going to be like, she's going to be, I, she's going to be a legend, like seriously. You know, when I see her, I see the importance of time. You know, time being that currency that you you spend, but you never get back. And the fact that a lot, uh, uh, most of the times we don't allow ourselves the time to grow and to, to develop and you know, we just jump right into the rat race or someone is there to see the potential and want to to capitalize off of it too soon. You know, so we either get exposed too fast uh, and we don't know where to go from there. Or sometimes we, we jump in and we don't know how to pull ourselves back to say, hey, give me time to learn how to do these things, because mm-hmm. this that's important. Musicianship is important. You know, it's it's like. Um, it's like one of the most important things to me that had been missing for quite some time from mainstream black music was to see musicianship again. You know, um, 
I took time away <laughs> already having a catalog of music to learn how to play instruments. Okay. And then okay. incorporate incorporate that into my production. You know, now everything I do is based around a, a instrument and a vocal, and I build around that. But I I knew personally that in order for me to go as a musician, as an artist, I had to incorporate instrumentation. I had to be able to pull out the guitar and and break it all the way down if necessary. You know now. She's a child prodigy. She's been doing this for a long time, but there was someone in her corner to say, hey, let's not rush this. Let's take our time with this. It is something very rare that we are dealing with, and it would be a tragedy for us to waste this too soon, you know, um, or prematurely. So the fact that she is actually manifesting all the things that um, God has bestowed upon her is beautiful to me. And I first met her at the Essence Festival. We performed together, not on the same, not at the same time, but we shared the same stage mm -hmm. um, one after another. And um, that's the first time I ever had actually heard of her. And I just remember like, who, who is this, you know? Who's this mysterious woman? <laughs> so, yeah, she's definitely one of one of a million. Can't compare her to nothing. Absolutely. I feel like artists don't do that anymore. What you just did, like, just talk about being a fan of another artist. I feel like that's so rare that people do that. And it's amazing to hear you being in the game for so long to even, like, give somebody else. Like, <laughs> well, you know, putting your pride aside comes with experience and with, in my case, manhood or womanhood with um, becoming a father, with realigning yourself with what's most important in life, and um, also realizing how valuable time is. So, you know, you know, I mean, listen, man, I know that in the past 18 months, okay, um, I've lost close friends, mm -hmm. and it only strengthens my belief that you have to give people their flowers while you have the chance, while they're above the ground. Um, I think I'm finished with my album. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was but I have, a, I have a song on there that I'm so proud of. It's called Roses. And it's produced by me and Big Crit. Mm. And um, it basically is talking about how, how I want my roses on the top side of the earth. You know, a candlelight celebration when it works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... It's so it's such a cool song to me, and it is reflective of how I feel about just life in general. You know, whenever I see someone doing something amazing, I put my pride aside and I go and say, I love you. You're amazing. Thank you. You know, I appreciate you. So, Lloyd, you talk about sitting there and growing in your talent. You know, you started very young, too, and it, it it's hmm. it's really I mean, you're you're in your 30s, but you've been around for so long because you started so young. So I think what has happened is it's almost as if, you know, you came around a time where the the Internet wasn't as big as it is now, mm. you know, and we was live in this pretty much non-existent. Right. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. live in this instant gratification why is it that you need something like the millennial tour or or a versus now 
for people like you to get their flowers and for other people? Why do we need to be reminded of someone's greatness? Oh, that's easy because we all have ADD now. And I'm not sure if, if, if <laughs> I'm not sure if it's so much medical anymore. It's like everyone has attention deficit disorder. It's really even hard to just sit in one place for more than an hour and and have a full experience. Like, I don't know when the last time I met someone that told me they just listened to a record all the way through. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really quite sure. I think, you know, the blessing of today is that you have so many options to choose from. So you don't have to be boxed in or put into any certain circumstance that you don't want to be in at any given point. You have options. And with options comes a lot of times a lack of ignorance. But, you know, the, the, the curse of it is that you won't allow yourself to get a full experience. It's almost like just having a bunch of one night stands and never really having a relationship. So you don't really know, you know, what is there for you. Um, However, when I first started with music, uh, there was no internet like that. That has been around since the eighties. There was no internet interaction like that. There was no Pro Tools. Everything was still analog. I recorded all my music on reels and real tape. Um, so the whole process was just, it was more expensive. It took longer. Uh, when I was younger, I used to buy albums and read the books yeah. as, the album was, <laughs> as the album was playing. One of my favorite things to do was to find out everyone involved. Um, Read the lyrics. Remember when they used to print the lyrics in the book? Yeah, if you got lucky enough, you had lyrics. But my (laughs) thing was, yo, I want to find out who did this, who did this. So if I get my chance, I'm going to find these people so I could work with them. Like, who did this art? Who engineered this song? Okay, this is the person. If I want a song to sound like the way this sounds, I need to find this. You know, little stuff like that. Um, The the thank yous at the end of the album were important to me. I remember having the most anxiety over making sure my thank yous was up to par. And the uh, the label were always, all all the way up until recently, when I already just was like, I'm going to just write this out months in advance. That label was like, hey, everything's done, Lloyd. We need the thank yous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not finished. <laughs> I just met someone this week. They changed my life. I got a kid. I mean, just that whole experience of it uh, isn't so much prevalent anymore. So it's really important, I think, to have events like the Millennium Tour to be able to sit you down for, you know, over an hour to appreciate the, the monumental moments in your life that you share through music. Um, and also, you know, when we not only ADD, but we, we we're grown, we have families, we have real responsibilities, you know, we are accountable for shit. So sometimes we don't allot ourselves the time to even enjoy life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, we are so in a rat race that a lot of times we have to be forced to unplug from the matrix. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have certain people in my life that will forcefully pull me aside and say, hey, time to unplug. You know what I mean? No, we're going here today. We're not doing shit. You know what I mean? It's like, take my phone, everything. So 
you know, that's a part of it. But hey, you know, that Internet is a monster. Even at the show, everybody's living through their phone in real time. So I'm not sure if (laughs) I'm not sure if it'll ever be what it once was. But I will say when I first came in the game as as a child, it was really hard and difficult for us to get music out to the masses because it was everything was anti-children at the time. We had went through a phase of crisscross, ABC, you know, um, and I think people just had a bad taste in their mouth from kid music. So there was no kid music on BET, MTV, on radio at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And um, we were actu- actually presented to BET at the exact same time as Sammy. And the the deal that was struck was, hey, we'll only allow one kid act through the cracks at a time. Mm. So let's start off with Sammy. And then once Sammy, we'll see how that goes. And then we'll transition into In Tune, which was the kid group I was a part of. And that's exactly how it happened. Sammy was on and we were never on at the exact same time. It was literally like, okay, once he phases, once this song phase out, boom, now we'll give them a shot. There was no 106 in Park at the time. It was none of that. Now, I think, you know, like you to reference back to an artist like her, who was a child prodigy, I think because you had so much kid activity pretty much take over the game, there may have been an opportunity for someone to say, okay, what we have is special, but we also know the fragility of, you know, a young career, a young mind a young spirit, you know, so let's take some time with this. Let's let's grow. Let's develop this. You know, when I first came out as a kid, we had to go through over a year of artist development. Talk about, you know, it. we had to learn. We had to learn media training, how not to say and. Oh, 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 don't chew gum on the mic. You know, little stuff like that. Yeah, we had to learn um condition i just said um sorry (laughs) we just had to learn how to have conditioning we ran in place to new editions greatest hits every day for months to get our window insane at the same time we had to do vocal training all of these things um so the bar that is that does not exist (laughs) listen the bar is so low especially now you have all these tiktok artists and one of my great mentors, actually, it's her job to, like, try to get them media trained. So it's happening sure. on a small level. I mean, more mm. so independently rather than the late like the label doing it in-house. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's it, the stories she tells me and then even me interviewing some of these young people like, why mm-hmm. is your phone dying in the middle of my interview? <laughs> and I got to sit there and wait for you. Or to going it. off, period. Why is your phone even around? Right. <laughs> so it's 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 bad right now, man. And, um, you know, as, I don't want to sound like one of those old heads. That's that don't appreciate I, what's it's going not even on about being old. It's about professionalism and professionalism yeah, yeah, applies whether you're old or young. And if you care about what you're doing, whether you're 15 or 35, you won't come prepared. Right. Yes. If you care about yes. your class, you're going to come ready for the test. If well, you don't care about your class, you're going to fail your test. A lot of these I, people come into yes. the class and fail in the test. That got nothing to do with old. That got to do with are you prepared? Are, are you going to be here for long? Are you ready for this moment in your life? And sometimes just going to class, which really these days is just watching YouTube and seeing what everyone else is doing. 
A lot of us learn that way these days. That's not enough. You have to practice outside of class. You have to want it so much that you take the initiative to spend hours and hours working on that as a craft. You know, speaking is a as an art just as performance is an art. And the one thing that gives most musicians anxiety is not performing music is actually interviewing about their lives, their music. So the more that you have the time to practice that craft when no one's watching, the less anxiety you will feel, the less anxiety you feel, the more comfortable you become, the more comfortable you are, the more you allow yourself to dictate the flow of any environment that you are placed into. Mm -hmm. And now it is no one's fault because no one can put you in a position that you don't allow them to put you in. And my that is my uh, expert expertise, you know? It, all you have to do is say no or no thank you, or I'd rather not, you know? But sometimes when you're not prepared, you get into moments and then you feel later, like, oh, I was blindsided or right. this, that, and the third. You trapped me, ev- right. Everyone is really just doing their job. So when you have that in mind, you go into it with a, a, a comfort, you know, when you have training. I mean, the same as the stage, you know, I watch a lot of shows and I'm, I feel like they just need some time to learn what stage art is supposed to be about. Or like, how to bro, control. you forgot your lyrics. How are you performing your song and you <laughs> well, forgot that your comes damn with, lyrics? That comes with nerves. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that comes with drugs. Sometimes that comes <laughs> with nerves. These days, I don't know the difference. I just know when I was younger, I got so nervous that I had I pretty much panic attacks. I would forget lyrics. Okay. I would so one one time I forgot a city I was in. I shouted out the wrong city. <laughs> you know, I mean, come okay. On. So it you're has- telling me to give them grace when they forget their lyrics. Okay. Please, please, man. It is a beast being on stage. I mean. You know, that is different. A lot of times, you know, you, you become so comfortable being in the studio that once you get outside to perform the music, it's a different beast. That's why it's a lot of artists who just refuse to perform. They just they just like I'd rather just record and release. And usually it doesn't work for long. You know, you have to come outside at some point. But, yo, it's tricky. Hmm. So is there a song that you have in your catalog that, you know, people love, but you hate performing? Can y'all hear my kids? They crying because they don't want to go to sleep (laughs) (laughs) every night. Every night, it's this. It's like it's it's like this is what you prayed for, Lloyd. Almost like someone is is just whooping ass down there, and it's just awesome. What said was time for bed. (laughs) This is what you prayed for, Lloyd. This is what you wanted, right? (laughs) No regrets. No regrets, Mina. Come on now. No. uh, one more time, one more time. Can you ask um, that again? Sorry. Like, is there a song like you know how people love hearing the classics? They love hearing the hits. Is there a song that you have that you know people love to hear, but you just hate performing, or you be like, I really don't oh, want to do? Oh that no, man, not me. Okay. No, nah, you you never. I'm sorry, I don't have that story for you. Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a, it's all it's all a once in a lifetime experience to me, and anytime I get the opportunity to show people my appreciation for their their belief, support, love uh, through music, through the song. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it, man. 
Absolutely not. The only thing that pisses me off is every day I go outside, somebody asks me, is it fine to a five two? I'd be like, like if you, I'd be like, I don't fucking give a shit. No, <laughs> Yo, it's so no, funny. <laughs> Lloyd, I'm not even making this up. We have one. We have two more people on the podcast, right? One of them, his name's Garnett. He was like, yo, can you ask Lloyd? Is it five two or fine two? Garnett, I do not I'll, make this up. Hey, tell tell next time I come up there, I'm gonna make sure I wear Tim, my boots, my Tim boots. So if he asks me, I'm gonna kick him dead in his goddamn neck. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I'm just kidding, man. I mean, even that, I'm appreciative. I'm like, really? That's a thing. We having legit wow. debates How? about stuff like That's that. Cool. <laughs> for the for the record, though, what is it? <laughs> You lucky you on a goddamn Zoom. I kick you in your goddamn <laughs> neck right now, yo. Oh my god, man! It's both, goddamn okay. it. That's fair. However you feeling? Yo, I was yeah, five two when that came out, so I was shit. like, she five two. <laughs> yo, you know, I just I'm like, you know, what if we could ask Michael Jackson? What was he? What was he saying nine times out of ten? Right. I mean, I mean, everything he said was a debate. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not taking it personal at all. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it's when you're doing a versus me. Lloyd, people need to give you your flowers. They need to hear the hits oh, back to back to I back do, to back. I, you know what? I should campaign. I should start campaigning for one. With the Mariana. Uh, you, should, you should do the versus yeah, been, with Mariana. Yeah, I've been feeling some kind of way. I'm not sure if O could, could rock long enough with me. Fair enough. I agree, you know what I mean? Man. I mean, it just depends. It just depends. Are we are we performing our own material? Are we performing what band material? What are you we gotta doing give him, here? You gotta let them do what he got. You know whatever. Yeah, you nah, do you can't play no group <laughs> shit. Nah, you gotta do you. Lloyd, what number are you in the lineup? Because you need to be like two in the lineup. What you mean? Like the Millennium Tour. You, I need to be what? Like two, like second or first, like I. What order do you? You go mean in? you 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 feel like I should start the show? No, the headliner. Like you should be close oh. to the top. Oh, you think me and Ashanti <laughs> should close? You said me and Ashanti should be the closers, huh? I think so. I mean, what's the, what's the lineup? I'm going to the show in New Jersey, so I want to know. So well, I get know when there to come early, in. Goddamn it. Because you're going to miss me. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me they don't got you going first because you don't need to be going first. No, I'm not first. I go second. Nah, that's un- that's unacceptable. You know, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I think a part of the reason why the lineup is the way it is, is for energy purposes. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think if I would go at a, another spot, it would be too much of a certain kind of energy leading up to it. So I think they want an injection of super energy or something. I'm, I'm really not sure what the, how the lineup has come about. You know what I mean? I mean, but I will Y'all say fight this. about that. Is there a conversation? No, because I know Bow Wow was like, I'm one, quitting. Like, <laughs> I've never been, I've never been one to have that in me ever. I've had situations where acts have not shown up you know, have claimed to have missed a flight or been in traffic just so they could go later, if you will, where they think that they belong. My philosophy is always the same. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm always the, I like to be the humblest person in the room. I can't say I am, but I like to be that. And with that, my philosophy is, hey, 
it don't matter where I go because you may not have come to see me, but I guarantee you, you're going to re- leave thinking about or remembering me. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do this versus? Are you going to campaign? What are we doing, oh, yeah, man? Show. I'll be your campaign manager. You need to get on there. <laughs> yeah, so we'll start retweeting it and everything. Who, who do you, you want to go against? We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. You know, I, I, I can't lie. You know, I have eyes. The hills have eyes. So I've been seeing me versus Mario. I've been seeing... Uh, I don't think I've seen Omarion as much. I think I might have saw Miguel once or once or twice. Oh wow! I'm not really. Sh- I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, all I do know is this: I think sometimes we forget, and sometimes we have to remind it. <laughs> I agree. I just say that you'll let them know what time it is. <laughs> Yeah, man. Sometimes we just need a little reminder. That's all. Look, I have to ask this question. (laughs) Otherwise, otherwise regardless of whatever happens, I'm 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 blessed. Good. I have to ask this question. And Jazz versus was cold. Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. I have to ask this question. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble. In college, I had a friend named Ashley Goodman who had. Okay, go ahead. Massive Lloyd posters all over her dorm room, and I Facetimed her yesterday and told her you I was break, somebody's breaking. Okay, Ashley Goodwin. Goodman, yeah, she's all these posters of you, and she t- and she wanted to know if you weren't singing, what would you be doing? And I think you should be a public speaker, a motivational speaker. But what what do you think you should be doing if you weren't singing? Somebody actually asked me if I ever thought of doing that when I was in Chicago. Um. Maybe that's a, a, one of the chapters of my life. Yeah, I, I, I really wouldn't mind it. I mean, I enjoy talking to people and sharing knowledge. I mean, whatever knowledge I may have, I think that's so important that you share it. Woo! if I wasn't doing music, man, <clears throat> I don't know what I'd be doing, but nine times out of 10, I may be unhappy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I might be good at doing it, but it might not be as fulfilling as this is. I mean, I, I feel a lot of times like the luckiest man in the world because not only did I inherit this love of music from my parents, my father was a musician. He died when he was 27 years old. Uh, so, you know, to inherit that through him, not even really knowing him like that, you know, him passing when I was like a year and some change, watching my mother sing in the choir as a kid, seeing the joy on her face, even though she was a pharmacist by day, you know, she still had this love for music that she shared with my father and she wanted to share that with me as well. So just appreciating it from such an innocent stage of life now to be able to actually travel the world doing it 20 plus years. Um, you know, I will say it is important. I know the importance of doing something you love because even when it's hard, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And that's really what makes you, that. that's really what is going to bring out your most potential. But I don't know. Uh, I don't want to think about it really because... I just love what I do. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be trying to get to them. I'd probably be trying to be an astronaut or something and get get to outer space. You know what I mean? Just somewhere amongst the stars, man. 
Yeah, and get away from these crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> these crazy yeah, ass there people you go. on earth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Lloyd, you got a song out called Slow Wine Baseline. You worked with mm -hmm. the legendary Teddy Riley on this. Teddy. This is a smash. Teddy's Wi-Fi would be terrible right now. <laughs> <laughs> this this meeting would have started and stopped at least like a couple of times. <laughs> oh so what what? OK, so explain to me what's happening in your life, because how do you create this smash and it's not on the radio? Like, how is that working for you right now? Oh, it's 10 million strong on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually, uh, it actually, um, surprisingly, is really just me. First time I ever really just start putting music out without even trying to go to radio. I mean, I just felt so, so strongly about the song. I felt like, just like I said in the beginning of the song, I say, uh, a lot of times in the beginning of the records, if I talk, I usually say exactly how I'm feeling about why I'm doing it. Like, with true. I'm like, hey, this is me. You know, hey, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. With this song, I say, you know, don't nobody want to uh, slow it down. You know, nobody want to make love. You know, nobody want to take their time no more. You know what I mean? And that's really what the, what the vibe was. It was just red light or blue light basement slow wine type of type of vibe and uh teddy came in on on the end uh of the process because i had sampled teddy and keep sweat song um i had been in contact with keep sweat for quite some time he gave me his number many many moons ago and told me if i ever need anything give him a holler you know so uh, when i sampled him i called him i said hey i want you to hear this I want your blessing on this. Uh, anytime I sample someone's music, I need to reach out to the source to get approval or blessing, you know, and personally. And so I did that with Keith. Keith helped connect me with Teddy. And when I sent it to Teddy, I'm like, hey, Teddy, I want you to bring out the voice box. And maybe if you feel anything else, I just knew. I wanted Teddy on a voice box, mm -hmm. but I say, if you hear anything else in the process, feel free, go yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Teddy sent me back actually a full rendition of the track. Wow. A lot of it, I end up not using a lot of it. I used and tucked away uh, a lot of it. I say for the extended version, which is pretty much just me reproducing a full breakdown that Teddy sent me. Some and I ended up being this thing in my life where it started with Patty LaBelle mm -hmm. when I did Lay It Down. And then yeah. I did a remix to Lay It Down with Patty. Mm. I'm like, anytime I sample someone, I'm going to try to collaborate with them. I love this. In the midst of reproducing the music. And that's the only way I really, truly feel comfortable sampling someone's music is if they're involved. So... That's really the thing now. I'm like, I feel like I'm in this interesting space between youth and with an experience where I still know the vibes from the generations before me because mm -hmm. I inherited that. Mm -hmm. I know how special that was, but I'm in the mix with the Jacquees and, um, you know, all the youngins also. So 
One minute I'm doing a show. I'm the youngest person on the on the set list with Keith Sweat. I did a show with Keith Sweat, Silk, Case. Yeah. Oh, shit. John B or somebody. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> damn, what, how did I get on this? This set? Everybody out here has got got hard bottom shoes in the crowd. I'm like, this shit is interesting, man. <laughs> it's a guy in the front with a damn matching pimp hat with a feather a in it. I'm like, it's some weird playing shit going on and then the next day i'm doing a show with uh uh yf and lucci and and party next door and this i'm like okay i'm in an interesting space and i can take advantage of this let me try and take advantage let me try and and mend these gaps you know so that's what i do with my live show too it's like i like to bring out a youngin and then I like to bring out an OG. You know, in Chicago, I brought out a young kid named Ruga that's from the city. And then I brought out Crucial Conflict. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm like, on your come on. You know what I mean? It's just uh-huh. went crazy. I'm in um, if I'm in on um, the DMV area, I bring out, you know, a local go go act that's big from the city. And then I bring out DJ Cool. Right. You know what I mean? Like, come on, let me clear my throat. It's like it's like that's I feel cool. like I I feel like when you do that, it becomes pretty hard to hate on it, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is which so is really always like the it. idea. Yeah. <laughs> how can I make this unhateable? You know what I mean? Because yeah. people will find a way to hate on any hate goddamn it. thing. man. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. In Newark, though. What you doing in Newark when I'm there? Oh, wouldn't you I'm love to you, know bring you out? <laughs> I'm going to bring that bun out. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just put a spotlight right on that bun. <laughs> but. Also, I think that if you continue to do this, I think they're going to be like, hey, maybe we need to put him fourth or fifth because like we can't. Well, no, you know, you know, that's not good enough. Roy need to be second, third or first. That's Yeah, I like I like where I'm at. I'm glad that you feel that way. I would never be the one to say that. Mm -hmm. That's just not in me to be like that. But what I what I have done is I've actually you know, humbly requested certain moments. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, everyone involved, this is going to be major, okay? This is actually going to be crazy. And, you know, if you would allow me to go later, I would be so thankful, you know what I mean? In New Orleans, Mm -hmm. uh, two weeks ago, that's what happened. I went way later in the set, and I brought out Mystical. I brought out Juvenile. I brought out a bounce artist named Ha Sizzle. And I brought out a full brass band and we second line with Indians. We have full Indian costumes and a Zulu man and me, mystical juvie, whoever was on the side of the stage. I pulled Sammy from the he was watching the show. He didn't want to miss it. I pulled him and we all second line all the way around the arena with the fans. (laughs) And it was like, I'm like, listen, man, I'm going way out tonight. This is where I'm from. Trust me, I need to go later. (laughs) Trust me. You don't want to come on stage after Juvie and Mystical just rock that bitch. All right. Right. Trust me, it's for your own good. You know, so (laughs) there's certain moments like that. But, um, you know, thankfully, I have such a good relationship with Gary, the promoter, that when I'm in certain markets, he knows from the first tour, he's like, okay, Lloyd's going to go extra for this so let me just allot him extra stage time you know let me try to figure out a way to for us to pay the crew for having to maybe stay later um 
that kind of thing. I mean, and, and pretty often I'm, I'm coming out of pocket, you know, to, to get an extra few minutes. And a lot of times there's music that I'm not performing. I don't get a chance to perform slow line, bass line in the set. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I have to cut out Hey Young Girl and <gasps> Caramel just to accompany, you know, my special guests that yeah. I have in the cities. So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I try to do the best I can with what I got. And that's pretty much been the story of my life. Now, Lord, I will say that the internet definitely wasn't as big as it is now when you were coming out. Mm -hmm. However, when Mina says it sung, hey, young girl, it reminded me, I'm like, why, why does this music? It's because everyone would record over your songs for their caller IDs or their, their voice. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, that was like our, my, our, our, um, our, our Facebook, our Instagram. Your music was always people. You like, mean for voicemail or, yeah. or what? The voicemail thing when you. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. That was always true. <laughs> Always. It's like you would play the favorite, your favorite part of the song, and then come on, hey, what's hey, up? It's yes. Nina. Okay, yeah, I have one friend. Right I got now. one. I have one friend, y'all. He's um the person who I I um, write songs with the most. His name's Jasper Cameron, and he still puts effort into his voicemail. And I sometimes I call and I hope he don't answer just so I can laugh. Huh? <laughs> He's the only one I know that still does it, man. So you got kids. I know you got to go because you're a daddy now. But what's up with the album, Lloyd? We need one. Well, uh, I refuse to put music out during COVID because I need human. I need humans. I need any human energy. OK, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not a cyborg. I can't just put music out through a device and, and let it be. I spend way too much time, effort, energy and money into albums as an R&B singer, as a musician, as a producer. This is going to be the first album um, that I have actually, well, no, this will be the second time I've produced my own album, played instruments on my albums, uh, wrote damn near every song but one or two, and uh, minimum collaborations. Um, but the ones that are there are meaningful. I had to wait almost a year to be able to record a, the kids choir because of COVID. So mm -hmm. I just recorded about 17 children about uh, maybe a month or two ago, right before the tour. And it was very cool. And these were kids from the ages of like eight to 15. And the song is, is called Ghetto Children. And it's talking about how important it is for us to, to share information with the next generation so that they don't make the same mistakes that we make, you know, and particularly financially, you know, how to be, how to be black and have a million dollars. You know, that's pretty much what it's talking about from the coming, being a ghetto child, you know, and ghetto is not, I had to explain to the, to the mamas and the daddies because it was kids of all creeds that yeah. I recorded. It wasn't just, it wasn't just African-American kids. <laughs> I had to explain to them why this song was called Ghetto Children, what ghetto actually means. It's not <laughs> the way you dress or the way you talk. It's where you're from. <laughs> oh, where you're from. It's not a neighbor. Oh, it's, it's a not. circumstance, you know, a lot of times that you're born into. And it just pretty much reflects a, a lack of access, you know, so to information, lack of, of access to information leads to uh, a lack of options in life and a lack of options in life always leads to an abundance of ignorance. So, 
you know, uh, that's one of my proudest songs. I really love it. Um, it also features a friend, a really good lifelong friend of mine named Blanco Brown, who mm-hmm. is killing the country music country, scene yeah. right now. Oh. He got in a crazy motorcycle accident, almost lost his life. So I had to wait a while um, mm-hmm. for him to heal up. Also, let me see what else. Um I'm still tweaking here and there. I actually go in tomorrow, I think, to skim the album down from 14 songs to 10 songs because, again, everyone's got damn ADD. You know, I'm not sure if 14 might be too much. So uh, there's that. But I I feel like I'm done. I I know I'm done. And it's just a matter of time now before I I just let it go. What's it called? I don't have a name. So you're not um, done, Lord. Tentatively, I play a lot. <laughs> we around need your with thank the, yous you and we need your title. <laughs> yeah, I played around with a lot of titles most recently. And what's funny is I'll send out a full mass text to everyone at the at the distribution, like, hey, I got it. This album is called The Odyssey. You know, it's about the journey of a man. Go watch the movie The Odyssey. You'll understand what I'm where I'm coming from. And then I'm like, uh, hold that thought. <laughs> Everyone, and then they start working on album artwork. It's if like you, Lloyd Odyssey. If you on a boat like, in wait, the middle I'm of the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Odyssey. D A. No, I'm changing it. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I, I'm not there yet, but I will be real soon. What I really would like is to be able to play the music for you, Mina, so I could get your take on it before it comes out. Usually. It comes out, and then I have to ask you, "Hey, what do you think?" <laughs> I I feel like we have a, a friendship now, and I, I trust your ear, and we come from the same the same creed. I think so. I would love for you to to hear what I got. Aww, that would be an honor, Lloyd. Of course, yeah. I got all fuzzy inside. That's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know you've had so many hits, and that's because that's because someone's licking on you. That's why you got fuzzy. <laughs> My, that's my dog, my pit bull, Zena. She felt that I felt honored. So she yeah, gave me some love, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that really, you know, that that's such an honor for me, Lloyd. I mean, you know, I literally we're like we I grew up listening to you, but I was your age. So mm-hmm. because you started so young. So it's like a mm-hmm. weird it's weird when you grow up listening to someone and you're the mm-hmm. same age, you mm-hmm. know, and that's just kind of like a testament to how long you've been around and some other people. So, you know, because of your catalog, I consider you a legend and you are a legend. And I grew up listening to you. So you you always have that. I always I always have that, you know, but. To have you ask that is just like, wow, how did I get here? <laughs> now, you know, this is a relationship that I really cherish. And I want to give you your flowers because, you know, I had to learn as I got older that, you know, the energy that you give to people, it matters. You know, how you treat people in this life, it really matters. So, you know, just um, being able to come up to see you in New York a lot of times and give you love and and you give me love back. I really felt like it was genuine. And then when I got to a place where I'm like, hey, you you know, I want to come and showcase that I can play these instruments for people. You know, I'm like, hey, Mina, can I come on your show and do a live set? And you like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Right. That was one of my those was some of my most enjoyable experiences was coming up there and playing in that. I always wanted to play in that office. You know, and having fans come by 
and do Q and A's. I mean, when I cut my hair off, I don't know if you remember, but I came up there and we did a live, a live show. I think yeah. we had piano in there. Yeah, you and did everything. It was cool. And then um and then the next time when True came out, I came or True was coming out, I came up there yeah. and I just played, I played music that is still unreleased to this day on a guitar. You know, just those was my first songs that I ever wrote on a guitar in, in the confines of my of my home mm -hmm. when I wasn't sure when I would be ready to, to release music. And you was like, hey, come on out here and and, show, and, you know, do that. Get it off. Get it out. You know, to have a place like that, um, not only to be able to reach people, but a place of solitude, you know, for my soul. It means a lot. So. I think you have a lot to do with that. And I'm so thankful for you. And Aww. I just, I just, I appreciate you. You the shit, man. Aw, I'm going to treasure this forever. And I better be in your thank yous. Like, nah. <laughs> I want to thank me to say what. <laughs> the list is growing and growing, huh? No, yes, absolutely. Okay, I don't need to thank you. <laughs> that was enough for me. <laughs> All right, Lloyd. Well, we'll be waiting on the album, the untitled yeah. album. Okay, Yo. I'll I'll be at the Millennium Tour. We'll see who you bring out. It won't be my bun. So <laughs> anything else you want to add, Dex? You have any other questions? Yeah, what's your dog's name again? Uh, Zena. She's adopted. She by Nina? Zena, like the warrior princess. <laughs> oh, I thought she was like Nina, like Nina Nine. I'm like, no. oh, shit. <laughs> You know, that's my girl, but no. Yeah, that's a pit bull in a skirt for real. Right. Yes. Right. I'm like, that's that's appropriate, huh? Yeah, no, she got no, a gun and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's my play. dog. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad she's okay, too. Yeah. Dex, you good? No, this is great. Like, uh, nice to meet you. Looking forward to yes. hearing the project as well. Yes, man. Go ahead and go. Go ahead. Work on that voicemail, Dex. <laughs> <laughs> More voicemail music coming soon, Dex. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thank you guys so much for your time. Anybody watching this at home in the world, um, if you're going through anything real in life, know that that is really what makes life so colorful is the ins and outs, ups and downs, trials and tribulations, no regrets. Your life is your own. You are one in a million. There's no one like you. And the things that, that you endure in life is what make you so special. So, you know, strap your tighten your bootstraps up and um, prepare. Tomorrow's a new day for you. New day to reset. Um, and I'm just here to tell you how special you are. I love you. I appreciate you. And, you know, if today is your last day, tell somebody you love them, you know, because you never know. Aw. Put that on the song, too. That love you, Lloyd. Oh, that's that is outro. on the song. Don't okay. worry. I got it. That's the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Peace, Lloyd. Love you. Bye. Have a good night, y'all. You too. Bye, Dina. Zena. Dina. Zena. Like, like oh, the warrior Zena. princess. Remember the show? Yes, Zena. Yes. She be biting people. <laughs> she said Adina like a Dower. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been fly, too. <laughs> no, no, uh, no smoke. No smoke, Zena. <laughs> okay. Later, y'all. Bye. Bye. All right. Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen. And you were concerned that it was just the two of us. I feel like we could have talked to him all night. Like, it would, it was just flowing. Like, that was such a flow. You know what, though? Every time I talk to Lloyd, he has such an introspective way that he looks at life. 
And I always know, like, so when I interview him for the radio, I'm very conscious of the time. Yeah. Because everything about radio is you got to get in on time. You got to play this amount of songs. And I, he's one of those people that you can ask a question and he gives you such a thoughtful answer. And it's really nice to hear because, you know, we were talking about some of the younger people that are coming out. I, you know, I don't know if they're maybe they're just not media trained or maybe, you know, they don't have thoughtful answers to certain questions, but I ask people certain things and it's like, I get very short answers and it's not very well thought out. I don't know why you would expect these younger people to have long answers when their songs are a minute and a half. Like, I don't get it. Like, this is, this is what you get. It's not even a long answer. It's like, if I ask you like, look, I don't know. I, this is your first song that's successful. How do you feel? Good. It, it, you don't have to be super eloquent or good. <laughs> yeah, to, or smart to yeah. say, I've worked so long for this. You know, I remember living with my mother and, you know, <laughs> saying that I'm going to be famous one day and look, it finally ha-. like it, that is the simplest thing to say. Like, and it, it's better than it feels good. Yeah. Who, who are your inspirations? Oh, I like everybody. Right. Like that, that doesn't, <laughs> that has nothing to do with your age. That has Thank to you. do with, can you have a conversation with someone? Are you thinking, <laughs> you know, are you so, thinking, <laughs> are you thinking, is there anything happening in there, you know? And then can you say what you're thinking, you know? And so these it's are like, artists. Just imagine how like these school teachers feel when they're trying to talk or these parents, when they're trying to talk to these same kids and like like people like I think that interview of it showed us anything like people need to communicate and they need to talk like yeah. we were in a pandemic for over a year and you weren't able to talk as much and you have this opportunity now like use your words and make them mean something but it's crazy we live in this time where people go live by themselves on Instagram and you're gonna have a whole conversation with strangers that are watching you and you're literally just talking to yourself but you can't explain to me why this is an important moment in your life right now. Like, I just don't understand that part of it. And maybe to Lloyd's point, it's just more so you learning how to communicate or how to express yourself. But like Lloyd is someone like, even from the very first time I interviewed him, he always had like such a, like a full way of thinking about a question. And I love that about him. And you know, the great artists are like that. 50 cent you can ask 50 cent one question and who he goes off like you don't need a pull from him he just talks and talks Kanye West is the same way I mean some of these people that have been in the game for so long they know how to open up to you mm-hmm. and you know without having to be messy about their lives and just yeah. you know how to be open about what they think or you know what's in their head or how do they feel that's important yeah, it allows also, people to connect their, to you they want their interviews and their time that they're spending to be memorable and they, they want it to mean something like a lot of people if you care about what you're putting out there as far as yourself you're going to do that and if you don't care and you're putting out mediocre stuff or whatever it's just kind of like whatever like here this is all i got for you yeah so shout out to lloyd i appreciate him he's such a class act professional you know, just an awesome guy. He he showed up early. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like um, his kids are being put to bed. He's talking to us, you know, so I appreciate him. Thank you, Dex. Thank you. Um, and, you know, we're wrapping up 201. What? <laughs> we had two amazing back to back episodes. Thank you so much for listening and watching. It's the Mina's House podcast. I mean, to say what? Dex Stucky. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.